Welcome back, Sprinkles. We have Deb with the Traveling Psychic Supper Club back. And um, today I'm just going to play as kind of like a moderator here. And uh, Deb ha- Deb's going to answer some questions that Don has. And with that, I'm going to let them go forward. Welcome back, Deb. <laughs> I like Don's kind of looking at me like, we're going to spar right now, no, <laughs> but no, like I, and I already said, like, I know that that's not what this is, but like, I'm super interested now. So, and heck, okay. I'm taking my glasses off for the record. Okay. Sport mode. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Do no. I need to take my earrings out too? No, you don't need to do <laughs> She's like, should I get on my gloves? <laughs> no, I, I just think that, uh, you know, I, I was kind of thinking back to, you know, the couple of times that I've talked to a psychic before, you know, been involved in a reading and it's a, uh, it's rare you, you get to talk to somebody that it's a right type of situation that you could actually ask them questions yeah. about what that means rather than, you know, asking them questions like, you know, most people would. Yeah. Uh, during some kind of reading, because, you know, I, I would always feel uncomfortable asking those types of questions when there's a bunch of other people around, because I would never want to put somebody, you know, feel like I'm putting them on the spot or questioning their, yeah. their ability or, you know, what they do. Then it seems like that would be putting or painting them in a bad light. And I would never do that in front of other people. I love that. Like, I love it when people do that. So, like, I'm very glad we're able to have this extended discussion because, I feel like when I'm able to explain to people how I'm getting to what I'm getting to, then yeah. they can do it. You know what I mean? Like, so if, or sometimes if someone's asked me questions and like, we're going to get into this, but I'm like, sometimes I'm like, how do I get that? How did I figure that out? You know, so I'm able to ask myself those questions later. So I love, I personally love that. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, that's the biggest you know, thing around a lot of these questions is just to ask you, you know, how do you, how it is you do what you do and, mm-hmm. you know, what, what happens with that? So like, you know, just going right into it. I mean, how old were you when you knew you were going to do this type of thing that that's, that this was important to you? That's a very different way that people usually ask me that question. So I appreciate that. Um, so the answer that I get is sometimes I get numbers. So, um, and I'm also going to write some things in my book too, sure. which I know that the listener can't hear, but so, um, so the numbers are like 13, 17, 22, 33, 37. Um, and there's like a part of me that wants to keep writing, but not not on the page, like keep going. I think that that number is always changing. And so at, and even like backwards, nine, three, six. So different times is, I think whenever my, I hate to say mind, but like the word that comes to me is chalice. 
which I think you used that word a lot last time. Remember when we were talking about the the water mm -hmm. and you kept saying chalice. And when I listened back, I was like, why is that? I was asking the word, why is that the word you chose? Because to me, a, gla a glass and a chalice, because I was, grew up Catholic, like a chalice is something very different than a regular wine glass. So even that meant something to me. But so um, uh, it feels like the channel, this is something that I've just recently really been um, expanding on, like the, the channel open, like it's, like this is the word that's coming to me. So this is what I'm gonna say, but like, it's like the channel throbs. And so like it opens and closes. And so like when it opens, it, it makes it to where a lot of things can come in. But then when it closes, that's when like, I need to process the things that came in, which I don't even know what they are a lot of times. And so that's where I have to, like, I kind of see someone like with a Rubik's cube, but they're taking the the pieces out of it. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like when someone cheats a Rubik's mm -hmm. cube and they um, like, they just take it all apart and put it back together. And they're like, oh, I did it. It's, this is like, I have like all the information is here, but it's all in pieces. So I have to kind of do the reverse of a Rubik's cube to be able to see, oh, this goes here. And then people that I meet also help, like what I'm seeing is like a funnel, like help that spin faster or even like make that kind of throbbing happen faster. Okay. So what I understand from what you've told me so far is, is, is it's kind of like a, I don't know if this is the right word, but the way I understand what I'm envisioning, what you're telling me is kind of like a, uh, like a pulsating hose or something that that comes in different types of uh, frequencies or amplitude. Mm -hmm. it, it comes with a, a lot of information and you're processing it. Yeah. And and putting those things together. What what age what age did were you when you felt this way, or at least you knew you had this connection that others might not. That's the part that's hard for me to answer because so it, I can give you an easy answer, but I don't feel like that's what we're really supposed to do. I'm guessing it sometimes there, I mean, it seems like it's at some point, I mean, just like anybody who's skilled at doing something, there's a certain element of time that a person is unsure of mm -hmm. necessarily what's going on or doesn't necessarily understand it. But when you say like, you know, I'm probably pretty good at math. Well, what age was I when I okay. was pretty good at math? I couldn't, I guess I couldn't really put a finger on it either. But at some point I kind of knew that, hey, there's some things I understand about that most people don't. So while you're talking, I'm the thing that keeps coming to my mind is I used to like to, because I went to Catholic school, there was a church attached to it. I used to like to sit in a certain pew under the stained glass windows and I was asking myself the question, how old were you? And that would have been probably that started around second grade, which is also when 
my church, I went through reconciliation and first communion. So that probably is around the time where I was like, this is something. And I, I think those two things very much correlate with the receiving of sure. this is something that you will do in your life, because that's really probably the age that I started sitting in the church and quietly because things that were around me were too loud. And so that's, I, I think that's probably the answer to your question is seven. So six, seven, eight, nine. So I, I said three, six, nine. So in that time frame between six, seven, eight, so seven, eight, that is your answer. Seven or eight around that time period. So do you think that, do you think that, uh, you know, cause I've, I've heard about this. I'm interested in, uh, you know, sometimes uh, pe people in like paranormal paranormal research, they bring in some experts and they and they mm -hmm. talk about it. And you hear uh, psychics even in like a, even in forensic shows. I understand that's stretching a little bit, but you know some of the other popular shows that are out there about paranormal and uh, even how they use them in law enforcement and mm -hmm. other things. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like that's something that? that everybody has that gift or is there, yeah. is there a certain few or is so, it something you choose more? I like I understand all, that. yes. So even like forensics is not reaching at, at all, actually. I mean, forensics and because intuition plays a role in forensics, you, if you had just a scientist and, or just an intuitive, you'd have two different answers. They would take two different paths. Yeah. But so like what I want to say is like a good intuitive is someone that is constantly researching outside of their realm. Like if I just spent my time reading things about how to be psychic, that would be boring to me. I like to read a lot of different information because it intersects in different places. And we kind of talked about that last time, I think. But um, yeah. so intuition plays a huge role in law enforcement, um, forensics, uh, even like military, being able to make a split second and know like, this is the right thing to do. That's intuition. I mean, it might, logic is longer. Intuition is fast. Like intuition is a fast process. Like think I know it. The long part is the processing it. So, so let me, let me get this straight. Cause okay. I, I kind of, okay. you know, there's a, there's a correlation there that I could draw and it sounds to me like what we're saying is, uh, you know, there's an intuition that plays into science and we usually consider that forensics or an investigator or something, but there's also an intuition as it relates to people. And that is what we might consider a psychic. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can say yes to that. And so mysticism used to play, a much bigger role in science until it was removed around the time of like religion really coming up with writing things like Bibles, things like um, Vatic Vatican. It was trying to be removed. Yeah, right. And so that's and it's where- it's still trying to be removed. Yeah, well, and that's like, that's where things get pushed further underground. That's where you have things like all the scrolls that, I mean, all the books of the Bible that were removed a lot of them have to do with mysticism. 
there's still some stuff in there. And I mean, people want to come at me all the time around that. And I'm just like, I, that's not an argument I want to have. I don't ever want to have an argument, but science and, and mysticism used to be much more intertwined. And now that science is much more logic, data-based, um, you know, all those things and, and technical is the word I hear. There's not as much, and it's unfortunate because there, we could be so much further along than we are, but, and also just data can be skewed. I mean, I've seen that with research that I've been involved with, with other people where it's like, and I've had scientists tell me you can make data any, look any way you want. To, to some extent, but that there's a, you know, there's, there's a part of me, uh, especially with my forensics background that I'm going, um, if I've got to prove something to somebody, then it can't necessarily be intuition. I mean, even in the field of forensics, as far as we get as somebody's mm -hmm. education and experience, and even that's a hard sell. If, if you base a decision solely on, Hey, this is just my experience and this is what I'm seeing. And I think this is what it might be. Where the intuition plays the role is the direction that you take with what you're working with. So, you know, the book, um, who is it? Malcolm Gladwell. It's one of his books, um, about it's, I don't think it's David and Goliath. I think it is, um, there's one, and it, it speaks to, there's one specific story in it that speaks to a shooting um, that where the officers thought, and it was a, it was very, very famous shooting. I want to say it happened in New York in a, in a bodega. Um, and it, they thought that the, the guy was reaching for his wallet. They thought he was reaching for a gun. So all these officers shot this kid like 17 times or something. I mean, like a ridiculous amount of times, but it was, it, it's that book speaks to this and how in, in, um, it, there's also, and that's not, it's outliers. It's outliers is the one I'm, the book I'm talking about. It talks about how a lot of people with learning disabilities actually push innovation forward because of how they put information together. And so, um, one of the stories in there was the guy that, that the doctor, sorry, doctor person, um, that discovered the vaccine for, or something having to do with leukemia. And like the kids were, they were dying anyway. So it had to do with, and he, he kept pushing and pushing and pushing because, and everybody hated him. They were like, this guy is torturing people. This and he was like, but the information, the knowledge that I need to get to is there. I'm just not there yet. And so even that is to me intuition because he's like doing the, um, doing all these experiments and it's like, I'm just not there yet but I know it exists. And also saying, okay, we need to work with this group of people and instead of this other group of people. Why? I don't know. I just know that these are the ones that hold the key. So like some of the work that I've done, it's about keys and like getting to keys. And then it's like, okay, now, and maybe these numbers that I gave you, my ages, I got specific keys from someone or some place where I was like, okay, click, unlock, keep going, because this is the right road to where 
I don't get keys to other roads anymore. Like mm. I just get keys that move me forward. And so even in science, I mean, you hear about all the people that did all the great discoveries, but you don't hear about the people that didn't, that they built their work on. Do you know what I mean? Because one pushes another, pushes another. I don't think I'm answering your question, but I do think that I am talking about something that some like someone needs to hear or some something around this needs to be discussed so no it, it it does speak to a lot of the a lot of the question topics that that i had for you um one of the key differences that i noted though and i, I just gotta say it right it's yeah. the science in me is that you know we have something a keyword called outcome directed research mm -hmm. when that's a negative thing and and um Part of the problem is, is as, you know, an unbiased person, a scientist or, you know, anybody that's investigating something in, in a scientific directed study, mm -hmm. that they are looking at it with a, an unbiased open mind as far as what the outcome could be. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got to speak to it in terms of what I'm very familiar with, sure. which would be, you know, looking at something and trying to determine what caused this particular damage or what date mm -hmm. did this happen or something else. If you're, if you're looking at it with, okay, this is a, you know, a, this is the outcome, this is what happened. And you try to prove that your first guess is right. Then the problem is, is that you're not looking at some of the other possibilities could be there and mm -hmm. you, you enter it into a closed mind that you're not able to accept other people's opinions or some of the other data that comes forward because you're trying to misconstrue that data in order to support your initial hypothesis okay. that could be flawed. Uh-huh. So I hear what you're saying, but that's not like if somebody, so maybe like as you're talking, I'm like, that's why I'm not a scientist, right? Because right. I'm always open to like, huh? Like that feeling when I get like where in my mind, I tilt my head and I'm like, huh? that's not dismissing someone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I want the, I want the best possible outcome. And if that comes from me being 1 million percent wrong about something, I'm happy about that because I, the, the best possible outcome is the, is my endpoint. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, no, I do. and so someone bringing me, and that I think also is the piece of when someone says, well, have you thought about it this way? You know, and I'm like, I'm always open to think about something another way because my uh, like preconceived notions up until this point could be wrong. Do you know what I mean? Right. And especially that's why it's really important to me when I am reading to say, not to say, I think um, I want, uh, like I will change the language where I say it appears. Yeah. It looks like, because I don't want the stamp of my human mind to be on anything. Like if I'm thinking it, then I'm not being a vessel. Like I'm not, it's not just coming out and through me. It's stopping somewhere in my mind. And like, even if it's just for like a split second where I'm like, and, and that's where I'm like, okay, if I'm saying, I think, let me step back, let me look at it. Okay. No, I'm not thinking that. I want the language that comes out of my mouth to reflect what's actually happening. And that's why it sounds like there's a lot of similarities in this because there there is some overlap as far as looking at something or looking at a problem and trying to determine 
what's the best outcome or what caused it or what's going on or yeah. how, how could it be the best outcome for all parties involved? Right. Uh, but then I, I think at some point there's, you know, that's, there's that separation, which almost has to be there just based off of what we use that information for, you know, so like, um, you know, something I'm interested in with as far as asking questions, you know, I, I know some of the questions, right? I mean, when you're talking to a psychic, you know, you're going to be like, oh, most of the questions are going to be, am I going to find total happiness with this person? Am I going to live long life? <laughs> we were right? About this right? Yeah. So this probably covers the first 90% of most of the questions. Not for me. No. no. Okay. No. Like a lot of times, and I don't, I'm pretty open with people that those, if you, if those are the questions you have, then I'm probably not the person to come to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to, when someone's like, oh, is this the right guy for me? I'm like, mm, boring, <laughs> like, snoo like, you're not asking me the right question. So what's the right question? So like, tell me that. What is honestly, the right question, the right question yeah. is, um, what do I need to do? Like for myself to, that I am in the best possible place I can be in for myself to be in the place to meet the person that if you're asking that question okay? okay so if you're saying oh we're we're gonna learn we're learning right now how to ask the correct questions what's what's the correct question yeah so that's the correct question it's well it's it's just like it's not well where is this person the question to ask is where am i yeah it, I it has that. nothing to do with the other person what it has to do with is where am I in my life right now? I get so many people that will be, especially older women that have been divorced and they're like, they'll have a reading and they're like, oh my God, this is exactly what I needed. When the time is up, they're like, can I ask you one more question? And I'm like, motherfucker, I know what it's going to be. Where, when am I going to find somebody? I yeah. got to say this. And I said, I was going to interrupt. I was going to be a moderator, but I'm sitting over here and I just cannot keep my mouth shut. But I, if, if they're asking that question, they already know the answer. Yes. Is most that wrong for me to no, say? no. When most, <laughs> he's um, not the person, ladies. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's that. It's also um, if you ask the, and I, I will say ninety nine point seven percent of the time, if you ask a question, you already know the answer. So a lot of times, like my people, like my crew, if I call them to ask someone a question, I already know the fucking answer. Because in my mind, I'm like, I need to run this by somebody else to see how I feel about it energetically. That's our human fall of, human fall of needing validation. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if I ask the right question, mm -hmm. right? If I ask the right question, where where does that answer come from? You, you've mentioned a couple of times that I, you know, I'm feeling like this mm -hmm. or this is what's coming mm -hmm. or um, this is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear that kind of thing, it sounds like someone's telling you or it's, is it just like popping in your mind? So it, so it pop it. Yes. And the word, like when someone tells me this just popped into my mind, I'm like, we're on the right track. Okay. Okay. There are certain language that when people say certain phrases to me, I'm like, let's keep going. Or if they say certain phrases to me, I'm like, ooh, this is hard for you and I know it, but I'm going to keep pushing you because we're going to get to where you need to get to. Okay. So um, whenever you said, you just asked me a question and it was, where does that come from? And, and when you were asking me that question, it comes from you. 
because you already know the answer. So sometimes what you're doing is you're, you, so this is the way I see it. So, and it's funny because I've just been thinking about, I need to find some of my old books. This is actually, I drew this in one of my old books years ago. So your information is like, think about it like cotton candy or cotton balls or clouds that is all around you. And more, the things that are most pressing on your mind are above you and they're, they're um, fuller. Like, like mm-hmm. I could reach up and do this. Yeah. So, and as you, as it goes out to like things. Almost that, like a tree. You can picture a tree and then there's all sorts of weird different fruits everywhere. In it. Yeah. You can say that it. That's what I'm picturing. For you. Yes. For me, it's cotton. It, it's like clouds and they're more full around you. But as they get a, as it spreads out, it's they're wispier, like the ones that kind of happen when the wind blows. So this is what I do. I send my little fish hook up over and I just kind of do this. And whatever I pull back is like what we talk about because it's what's at the forefront here. Now, if we're talking about past, then what I might do is take my little hook, go up, down and then kind of just go and then it pulls on and I pull that back and then it comes down. So it tells me your information tells me what is the most pressing. And then that's why sometimes people will come to me for a reading and at the end be like, well, you like, that was awesome, but I had a question and you didn't answer it. And I'm just like, well, first of all, ask your question first. But second of all, the thing that needed to be answered was the thing that we talked about. So work on that and you'll get closer to your to the answer. Because sometimes people will ask me, I told you, I, like, you don't have to ask me your questions. So it's not necessarily going to be, I mean, you, you shouldn't necessarily expect a direct answer. Well, that- with, with cards, it's easier. I think that's okay, one so of the, so, so let's talk about cards for a second. Okay. Okay. Cause yeah. we're, we're kind of getting a feeling yes. when, when, when you're working with cards, like, uh, you know, for dinner the other night, sure. um, there were some questions that were asked that you might turn over a card or two. And mm-hmm. then there's some questions that are asked or a discussion and, and you're turning over several cards. Mm-hmm. What dictates that? Why would, why would somebody you know, have several cards and some not, and some questions deserve cards and other questions might not necessarily deserve. That I don't choose. It's just. It's like sometimes I'll do a dinner and this book will be full. Like I'll just be writing things the whole time. Sometimes I'll do a dinner and like I'll draw three pictures or zero pictures. And sometimes I'll do. So it. But what does that do for you? Like how does it, how does that. Okay, I'm I'm going back to your analogy of the mm-hmm. cotton can, candy mm-hmm. cloud that you're fishing in. Mm-hmm. What what does that do for your lure there that you're fishing out into, and and getting that information from? So it's funny because I've got my book on one side and I've yeah. got my cards on the other. So as I touch both of them, my book is more explorative. The cards are more exact so um the cards are easier the book is that's a really good question and that's why i'm like 
because it doesn't have anything to do. Like, I want to go back to, I hear how you're ans asking the question, but it doesn't have to do with me. So that's where I'm saying, okay, let me yeah. take me out of it. What does it do? So this is the book I'm freer. Yes. The, the book we're freer to be more explorative. We're in, but although I will say, because then people, are, then people could be like, oh, the cards are a cop out then. They're not because there are decks that like the deck that I learned on that I still use, I see different things in the pictures that I've never seen before for that person. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and, and so, um, and I've seen some of the cards and I, and I saw the way that you, you read them or interpreted them. Uh -huh. And it was interesting to me because you picked out different things that it, like, it's just kind of weird. Like it was, uh, there was things on the card. It wasn't necessarily the card itself, Yeah. but there was something on the card or something drawn on the card that had particular meaning. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, when we spoke and you did my reading, yeah, um, I felt like some of the things that weren't necessarily written on the card that didn't it, you know, I know that tarot cards, what, you know, maybe a two of wands is or something. Yeah, yeah. You can look it up on the internet and right. it'll tell you this is what a two of wands kind of means. And if it's upside down, this is what it kind of means. And so that's a basic tarot understanding. Sure. But I noticed that when you were looking at something, you might pull something out that that particular thing or that particular drawing that was on the card that is of very little significance to anybody else if they're looking at just the, you know, yeah. idiot's guide to tarot cards, yeah. that they're not going to necessarily find that. But for some reason, you picked it out, something very small and seemingly insignificant that was just part of the art on the card. Mm -hmm. And that was actually more significant than the card itself it was to me anyway. Yes. And that is that is developed over time and it's also developed for me from reading multiple from multiple decks because something will sometimes i will have access to a card in one deck that when i pull that card the other deck is at home but i'm like ooh this reminds me of this thing on this deck so this is what's being shown to me for this person do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And I'm pulling from all the places that I have knowledge, but it's also coming through the filter of this is what I'm supposed to tell you. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is the thing. And for some people. And, and so again, another time to describe that. Mm -hmm. when, when you say this is the thing I'm supposed to tell you. Mm hmm. What, what gives you the, I'm supposed to tell you? It, golly, what it's, defines that? It's, That's the fuzzy part. I'm trying, sure. I'm trying to. Well, no. And I love. And I understand that I can't necessarily put a finger on it and mm -hmm. say, I don't know. Or. Well, it's. What does it feel like? It feels right. That's all I can say. It feels right. It feels like when you're, okay, so I'll. It's funny because the way that I'm receiving this information is that I what I hear is I will put it in human terms. So this is information that comes from somewhere else where, the, so I'm going to go back to kind of one of your questions that you asked earlier, which was, can everybody do this? Yes. M maybe some people, it, it's kind of like, 
I'm kind of being, it's shown to me like art supplies. Like some people will have the, um, the little crayons, right? The debt, the, the package of eight that you get when you go to school that, yeah. and then some people have 24 and then some, you know, that big honking box that has the sharpener in the back and you're like, Ooh, I want that box. Like that's the cool box. Some people have that naturally. Some people are born with one crayon. That's all they want. They're not interested in anything else. And it's like the most boring color, like whatever. Mm, I don't know. Tan. I mean, it's like, or it's like beige. It's like, I don't want to judge the color. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like not trying to be like, have someone come at me and be like, that's the best color, Deb. I hate you. But so it's. Tan is a good color. Yeah. Well, and tan is fine. But like, if you're. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, but I would rather have a vermilion, you know, I'd rather have a magenta. I'd rather have a rich indigo, you know, it's like, even as I talk about like beige, I'm like, eh. but when I talk about those colors, like this is how it fits. Cause richness feels like this to me. And so that's the answer to that question is somebody can have a crayon, but then they can develop and gain a box or another, or a whole palette, you know? Um, so, but going back to what I was going to tell you, which was, um, you asked me, how does it, how do I know that? Um, so it's, it's like the way that you would feel with like your very favorite pen, like, so, so for me, I use Sharpies all the time mm -hmm. and, you know, they have the fine point when you get it, it's just the way it is. But once I write with it for a while, it, it starts to flatten down a certain way. And there's a point in time where that Sharpie writes exactly the way I want it to. But then, at, cause I push, push, push really hard when I write. And so then it just gets dull. So it's the, it's that sweet spot. That's That's, so that's funny. The reason why I give you a weird look is because, uh, for those who know me, I'm very particular about my writing instruments and I only use one type of pencil and one type of pen predominantly. Now that doesn't mean like, right. I right. won't pick, I won't pick up another pen. Like if I have to, if I'm taking notes or something, or right. if I'm just jotting something down, I can grab something out of the junk drawer. That being said, like when I'm working at my desk, I only have one type of pen that I use and I only have one type of pencil that I use mm -hmm. for most of my stuff. So it was kind of funny that you brought up an example of a pen because that is something that is particular to me because as I use a pencil, that's a different type of pencil. It doesn't feel right. Right. I can't, I'm so focused on the pencil not feeling right that it annoys me and I don't want to use it anymore. It has to be a specific type of graphite. It has to be a specific diameter. Mm -hmm. And any other pencil doesn't feel right to me. And any other pen doesn't feel right to me. Okay. So that's why I used that analogy. How yeah, I knew that, I, that. I had no idea. But I was, and I didn't even think, ooh, this is what I need to say to Don to get this. When the word just, and because I do the same thing, like this is the place where it's so important to me for people to realize, and I'm not talking about y'all because like, I know y'all and love y'all, but people that do not get along with each other mm -hmm. 
for them to realize we are so much more alike than we are different. You know what I mean? Like knowing just the right thing to say to them to where they're like, that really meant something to me. Click. I got it. And so, and actually, yes. And, and yes, it is a synchronicity. Yes. Cause like it, it's like this and it can, it goes like that. So like my wave is going up into your wave and saying, I'm not even asking the question, but something is showing me, Hey Deb, this is the thing to say to you, to Don right now for him to understand what you're saying. And so interestingly enough, even more, the thing I was seeing was a dull pencil. It was, I was literally seeing like the, a, a pencil, but very like, as if it were very big and the pencil lead was rounded. That, that would irritate me to no end. What do you mean? It, it would irritate me. I, oh, the pencil being like that? I typically write very small, mm-hmm. small letters, mm-hmm. or especially professionally or when I'm doing math or yeah. when I'm uh, labeling something. So I write fairly small letters. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of, you know, those big goofy pencils that, you know, you used to be able to buy like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I don't even think I like that in kindergarten to have this great big pencil. Right. That's like that. Cause I mean, look at the size of your letters to draw with that. That would just annoy the heck your out of me. face is showing me just like as a little kid where you were like, what does this even exist for? Like <laughs> yeah, this, no, it, this, it irritates me that this thing even exists on the planet because yeah. it has no use to me. It does. Yeah. It does irritate yeah. me. Yeah. And so, but that like a pencil is what I was seeing. Yeah. What I was saying, what was shown to me is use the Sharpie because that's my example. Yeah. So I could I use the example of, and that's why a lot of times like in, in a training or in a, discussion, I'll use an experience that is my own. And it's like, I will lay it out knowing that nobody there is going to like judge it. But me saying, okay, this was my experience helps the other person to say, oh, I can connect to that. And I also, this is the experience that I have. So since we're, since we're along the lines of, you know, questioning, asking the right questions, you know, things to do when you're talking to a psychic. What, what about 101? What, yeah. What about like world events or something? Let, let's say, let's say, you know, like I said, you know, people have got some questions, but now we know the right questions to ask. Mm-hmm. What if it was a, you know, question about something that I have no particular, uh, I guess I don't want to say I don't have an emotional connection. Okay. Let me give you the example that's in my head. I'm thinking of like, you know, going stuff going on in Russia. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm a big, uh, you know, ex-military, uh, politics is interesting to me, but really world dynamics with politics and things is, is important Mm -hmm. to me or something that I followed for a very long time. So when we're talking about, you know, some of the stuff that's going on between Russia and Ukraine, um, what if those were part of my questions? But it sounds to me like you're telling me I already know the answer to it. Or if I'm asking the question, there's got to be a reason why I'm asking it. So I would, two different things is what, what is your, why does it matter? Like I wouldn't ask this question kind of like where the information comes from would ask the question. Okay. Let's say if it was something that Mm -hmm. could, you know, uh, 
well, I hate to say this, uh, but let's say it was something like nuclear war. Mm-hmm. You know, are we going to get in a nuclear war with Russia? Is it going to be World War Three? Is it coming right around the corner? Mm-hmm. Is it going to happen within the next 10, 20 years? I mean, it, it, are those types of questions, is that fair game when you're talking to a psychic? You could, so you could. A bit out of the realm. It's also, so the answers that come up are like threefold. One, do you want to know? the answer to that question. Two, how would it affect your life moving forward? If, so I knew a guy, I'll mm-hmm. tell you this really quick, put a pin in your question because I want to go back to it. Okay. I knew a guy, we had a dinner, he was actually filming it. And he said, I see people's death, death dates above their head, like on a newspaper. And I was like, don't tell me mine. To me, I would never want to know. I would never want to know that. So it's because most people that ask questions like that, and I'm not saying you because I know you're very different than most people, but like most people that ask questions like that, they're really just messing around. And so whenever I- You think so? Yes. They don't really want to know the answers to those questions. And here's why. When you were asking me that question, just as like John Q. Citizen, what the information was saying is don't waste my time. So that's, so I guess people have asked me before, like, oh, what do you channel, blah, blah, blah. So I just, to me, it's the information. That's where my information, that's where it comes from. The information, that's what I call it. And so like some people are like, oh, it's the universe or it's my higher self. I don't care what you label it. It's just the information because information is neutral. It's not a, there's no opinion on it. So for someone to ask me a question like that, that's like, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to ask the question, do you really want to know that? Yeah. Because to me, that is someone that is, and this, I don't care one way or the other about this, but that's somebody that's trying to catch me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Where I do. And like, it's like the information is like, I don't have time for this. Like, give me a, give me real, it, it's like, I'm not here for game show fodder. I'm here yeah. for, and so, but that's not me. That's the information saying, let's get to really. But I bet that happens a lot. To me, with yeah. like World War II and no, no, or I'm like, just, do you do you feel like people treat you like game show fodder, or like they're trying to quiz you or try to get you on something? Not that pay me. <laughs> Not people that actually like people will do that at. And you know where it is? It's the most surface places, like small talk shit, right? Like dinner part not not dinner parties like we have but like at, at but like a bar yeah. um yeah. marketing event you know and yeah. people oh you're a psychic <laughs> and i'm like get out of here do you know what i mean it, it's just kind of like don't waste my time totally i would rather spend my time the if i had three hours where like talking to people, just getting to know each other for five minutes, or I could sit in the corner with you for three hours and dig in. I'd always rather do that. So like small talky places are not a place where I like to be anyway, but like, say I get invited to some kind of event, whatever, a gala or a, I shouldn't say it like that. Cause my sister used to put on galas and I don't want her to be like, Hey, if she listens to this, but um, like, so write a fundraiser where everybody's there, somebody's trying to get money, somebody else has got the money. Like, I don't like to be in situations like that, you know? So it's very, um, I would rather be in an intimate situation where like I'm able to 
really learn something about somebody, even if I never see them again. Because when you're mirror, like to me, it's like if someone's asking you questions that they really care about, and then you're asking them questions that they really care about, like even if it's for the tiniest amount of time, I'm learning something. I'm learning something about them and I'm learning something about myself. And I'm learning something about somebody's world that also somehow is in my world. So I, I have my own proclivities, you know, regarding Christianity and especially like, uh, you know, Old Testament topics. There's a number of Old Testament topics that uh, a lot of people would consider antiquated or outdated that they don't necessarily follow anyway. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there is, uh, I hear your background in, in Christianity. And of course, when I've heard you speak before, I've heard you made some references to, you know, biblical mm-hmm. situations and mm-hmm. stories. Um, and, you know, with that in mind, there's a, you know, like there's a commandment in Leviticus regarding fortune telling and, you know, those that uh, might interpret omens and other things, right? Uh-huh. Is that funny? Okay. So now that we've talked, I don't really feel like, like you're necessary. I wouldn't really describe you as a fortune teller. Mm-mm. I mean, that almost, does that seem kind of insulting? Well, not, yes. If I took it seriously, if I took what that term means seriously, like, and I take the work I do very seriously, but somebody like, Fortune, it it, it also depends on the person. Because if someone said to me, like, do you consider yourself a fortune teller? I don't. Um, Do, I I had someone ask me if I considered myself a prophet. I don't. I, if someone said to me, do you consider yourself a seer? I do. Because I see. Or I hear. Or I receive. Like, Channel to me is a, a better way of saying what I, and I don't even really like the word psychic at all. I use it because people know what it means. You yeah. know what I mean? But it also is a loaded word because people are like, oh, well, what do you think this or that? And I'm never really in a place where I want to have a, an argument with somebody. Like if someone's asking me questions and they really want to know, I'm like, or even if they just teeny tiny bit want to know, then I'm like, well, what are, what are you curious about? Because I want to get to the meat of what they're asking me, you know, about like what I do. But if someone's like coming at me, I'm just kind of like, I mean, my feeling is the same as the information's. I'm not going to waste my time on this. But, yeah. but like going, so going back to um, using the Bible or different, um, different, uh, whatever stories, stories from the Bible, you know, different specific passages or whatever. I've referred to things like that only because it means something to the person that I'm talking to. Hmm. Like I don't just throw out, you know, unless it means something to the person that's in front of me because it is, it simply, and, and I will say simply because of neutrality is I, it it is simply another tool like tarot that I can say to somebody and maybe because of their Christian background or something, they're like, this speaks to me. It's like my way to be able to even show them like I'm safe 
like to comfort them. I get that. Well, there's a lot of importance in definitions. Like we were talking about the chalice earlier. Mm -hmm. So a cup is to drink out of, but a chalice is for something different, Mm -hmm. for something that's ceremonial or has some upgraded purpose. Yeah. And so to me, I see it kind of different that you're using something that's a vessel and it's shaped like a cup. It might look like a cup or a glass, Mm -hmm. but it's not being used for drinking out of. So to me, it gets some type of ceremonial significance, no matter what it would be. Mm -hmm. And so that would be why I would call it a chalice. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's interesting. You make the same, you know, some of those distinctions between uh, psychic and fortune teller. I almost feel weird, you know, saying the word psychic, you Mm -hmm. know, because that's not really, it's not really right. Well, and I used to not really like to use the word medium because for a long time, I'm like, I'm not a medium. I don't, At the time when I was saying that, I was like, I don't interact with those paths. Like I, but if the information is that, that's another thing too. When people would be like, I want to connect with my brother or whoever, I'd be like, okay, well, I can open up. I'm not going to guarantee you that that's who's going to come through. It might be somebody else. And it's not for me to decide who comes through. I'm kind of like putting the call out. And whoever has something for you to know about is going to come forward. That's why if somebody is like, oh, yeah, um, I want to go. I want my brother to come through. I want him to I want to ask him these specific questions about my father's will or whatever. I mean, I've had not that that hasn't happened to me, but I've heard of people doing things like that or like, oh, I need to know the lottery numbers. And I'm like, well, you ain't never going to get them because that is the information is like, don't waste my time. This is human. So tell me, tell me the difference, like, how would you define the difference between, uh, of course, other than their purpose, but a, a tarot deck, for instance, mm-hmm. of, of cards versus a Ouija board. Is there a difference in the two? Is one? Oh, yeah. I mean, for issue? sure. For sure. One is one. It, and it also has to do with the person that is using the tool. It has to do with the person that's using the tool and what's on the other side of the tool. So I hear people say all the time, oh, I played around with the Ouija board. Well, that was your first mistake, is that you played around with somebody. Like, think about this. If you're going to a club with your girls, not you, but like, like, and you're just going to have fun, that's who you're going to meet. You're going to meet people that are there to have fun, have a good time. Some people's idea of a good time is real different than your idea of a good time. Yeah, I'm sure. Right. But you're not, you're not distinguishing. It's just like, oh, I'm going to have fun. I used to work in a bar and I would hear her girls say all the time, I'm not paying for drinks tonight. And I'm like, that is dangerous. That is dangerous because at the end of the night, and it's kind of like a week. I mean, like I even say that and like, I get cold all over, which is the feeling that I would think is you do not know what you're inviting. That's, that's a good analogy. Mm Mm-hmm. And at the end of the night, somebody's going to pay. Yeah. So what you're saying is, is uh, especially like a Ouija board, you're directly trying to connect. And at that point, some a lot of times play around with the Ouija board. Even if you're planning on doing it serious, you're inviting some type of spirit. It's a, to, to, for me, this is how I have always seen Ouija boards. It's a low energy tool. It's like saying, 
um, you can drill a hole with a whatever, whatever kind of tool. I don't even know tools, but like you can go down to Lowe's and you can buy a, a, a drill and you can drill a, hole, a, a screw into a wall. If you're doing very specific work, like you need to, to like drill, like what is coming to my mind is those big drills that there's like some company here in Leander that does them where if you're doing very specific, like excavating work, you need that big one that like drill and it's got like a diamond tip on it. It has to be changed out. That's a, they're both drills. One of them, you, it's a, it's a very high end item to be able to do very specific work. This drill, you can spend 25 bucks on it, or you can spend 30, I mean, 30, 40, 50, 100, 300, but you're still in a range with this little drill. This drill is in a very different place. So that's kind of how I, it's being shown to me for the purpose of this conversation is um, that's what a Ouija board is. Gotcha. I think, I mean, you've really answered a lot of my questions. Uh, I know if we've got some listeners out there who have some questions, they can drop it in the comments or in our polls uh, directly through Spotify. And would you be interested in maybe a follow-up session yeah, sometime if we get some other questions yeah. out there? Because there, there's been a lot of friends that we've had that have kind of discussed this, and uh, especially the last topic, and uh, would love to hear from you again. Yeah. So there's one thing I do want to say that, that kind of caught me a little bit is like when you said like my Christian background, to me, my background is Catholic. Like it, it's really, and I know people are like, but they're the, like Catholics are Christians, but like Catholics are Catholics and like, like a Christian, a Catholic can be Christian, but not necessarily as a Christian, a Catholic. Gotcha. And one of the reasons I make that distinction is because a lot of the things that I work with, the the ritual of Catholicism is something that very much speaks to me and always has ever since I was little. Um, different things that to me are are very sacred. Like the, um, I remember being little and being in church and saying the, the passion on uh, Good Friday, I think it is, it's on Good Friday, where they're saying, you know, it's, it's between the, the people and I believe Caesar, and I might be wrong, but saying crucify him. And I remember like people just reciting it like it was nothing. Like they were just reading the news and I was bawling like as a kid because I was like, this is so, how are you guys just acting like nothing? It was very, sure. very, yeah. very like difficult for me. So like working with the saints that I'm, I'm very drawn to working with the Virgin mother. I'm very drawn to, um, St. Teresa, mother Teresa, um, different, um, who there's some other ones. I've got this big book of saints that I think I got at half price, but like if someone of St. Francis is another one. Um, but if someone mentions a saint, I'll look them up because I'm like, is that something that I need to know about? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. in, you know how it's like sometimes in a conversation you'll hear something louder than something else and i'm like ooh, let me go look that up so um so yeah the saints mean a lot to me the ritual and then just the like the rich history that exists in catholicism not that doesn't exist in christianity but it's 
specifically Catholic. It is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, thanks for making that clarification. Yeah.